You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we're the Locked On Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button or that follow button to get us delivered to your eyes and ears first thing every day with all the news and updates and analysis on your Cincinnati Bengals, and we're getting to draft season, James, but today I thought it'd be a good opportunity to reflect on the odds journey for the Cincinnati Bengals. Way back on February 14th, the Bengals were 11-1 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl next year in 2023. Today, on March 28th, as we record this episode, marks another week of decreasing odds for the Bengals to to win the Super Bowl now 25 to 1 behind teams like the Las Vegas Raiders, the Baltimore Ravens, the Dallas Cowboys, the Denver Broncos, the Cleveland Browns, the San Francisco 49ers and more. The list goes on. And this is just <laughs> such a trend and and bet online yeah. courteous enough to provide us with this trend. On the 14th of February, 11 to 1, the best the odds of Beng- for, for the Bengals, the, the best they've been. On March 7th, down to 16 to 1. On March 8th, one day later, 18 to 1. A week later, on March 14th, 22 to 1. And in the last two weeks, somehow a further decline to 25 to 1. So there you go. The, the betting market's not believers instead choosing to believe in the Super Bowl hangover. All right, Jake, uh, real quick, before I dive in, I got to put on my hot take chain because this is uh, this has gone too far, and I, I need to make sure this thing, this bad boy is on. You see it if you're on YouTube. If not, um, it, it's okay, audio listeners, because now I'm about to go in. Wait, did uh, you just Nate, keep that at your desk? Oh, yeah, it's official. The, the, the hot take chain, is it's the, <laughs> it's the, the, the official off-season prop of the Locked on Bengals podcast. Incredible. And so, okay, you said, and and I started to take down the the teams, but the Raiders, the Ravens, the Broncos, you named a bunch of teams that the Bengals either beat or swept last season. And this Bengals team hadn't even arrived yet. When they swept the Ravens, they hadn't officially arrived yet. And I know Baltimore had all these injuries. They beat the hell out of the Raiders in the playoff game. It looked much closer than it was. No one. In, in Paul Brown Stadium that was wearing orange and black, thought that the Bengals were going to lose that game. And that was on top of a 31-year playoff drought. Okay, so that's how confident people were during that game. I know I never thought that they were losing that game. I never wrote the story about Derek Carr leading the comeback against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And, well, it didn't happen. My point is, is that they're, they're light years difference. And, yeah, okay, Devontae Adams is, in you know, with the Vegas Raiders. Is Derek Carr better than Joe Burrow? Is Lamar Jackson better than Joe Burrow? Because people across the NFL think that that dude, and I love Lamar, has kind of peaked and doesn't have that next gear. And so maybe the Ravens feel that way. They haven't extended Jamar yet. Russell Wilson, my man, you haven't ran in years. You can't throw over the middle. And I like you, but 
you're not going to get an MVP vote this year either. And meanwhile, Joe Burrow's thinking about winning MVP, and and that's where his sights probably are right now. And obviously, he's thinking about the team. But uh, you know, I, I think Joe Burrow MVP. I think there's a very real possibility of this. So, to me, you named all these teams, and I just I start with the quarterback, and this is why the take chain came on. There's a very real possibility that Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the NFL in 2022. Not fifth, not eighth, not 22nd, not 12th, not the best in the AFC North. No, 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 no. The best quarterback in the NFL. I don't care if you talk about A.A. Ron Rodgers. Who's he throwing to right now? I might be able to audition for the Packers and get a practice squad role, maybe a built bar away. The point is, is Joe Burrow's ascending. He finally has a line that should be able to protect him, at least semi-protect him, which hasn't been the case since he was at LSU. LSU. That's going to unlock a lot of things. That's going to make Jamar Chase's life easier. Maybe T. Higgins hits another gear. Who knows? Maybe they actually do have three 1,000-yard receivers in this drop-back passing offense where I think they're going to throw it all over the damn field. Wouldn't shock me at all if that's the case in 2022. So um, I don't want to make it just about quarterbacks because it's not. But in a lot of these games, it is. And that's why the Bengals beat the Raiders in the playoffs. Because when the game was on the line, they had the quarterback to get it done. The Titans, the quarterback and kicker to get it done. The Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, probably ahead of most pe- uh, of Burrow and most people's rankings. It's a very real scenario, though, that a year from now, we're talking about Joe Burrow being maybe the best quarterback in the NFL. And that's something I don't think the odds reflect. I don't think the national media is necessarily ready for it. But I, I bet a lot of our listeners are ready for it. And, and I don't think that that's me being a homer. I think there's a very real path if Burrow continues to ascend with the, these pieces around him where he can, uh, he can be very much in the MVP conversation this coming season. I think I'd buy that. And this goes back to our conversation in the mailbag last week at the end when we're talking about what makes a bigger difference in offensive line improvement. Is it going to help the run game more or the pass game more? And we talked about Joe Burrow's clean pocket passing numbers. And if he gets more of those opportunities, you, you should see statistical improvement for him for sure. At the top of the list is the Buffalo Bills, nearly four to one, which is insane. Like they've gone from 15 to two to seven to one to 15 to two to 27 to four, which is, is nearly four to one uh, Tampa, the second highest odds to win the Super Bowl, 33 to four Kansas city, 19 to two green Bay, 10 to one chargers, 12 to one Rams, 12 to one. Those teams all have like twice as good or better odds than the Bengals looking at the AFC Bengals tied with the Raiders for seventh best odds. Sorry, tied with the Ravens and Raiders for sixth best odds to win the AFC. So betters are not buying the Bengals. Sixth best. Like, uh, that's crazy. They're the defending champs. I I think what's happened here, James, is that since since this reflects betters, right? This is Vegas trying to attract more money to bet on. That's what odds are, right? Yep. This is betters reacting to the shiny moves. Yeah. I don't know what exactly Buffalo did that's this caused the jump. Von Miller. Von Miller. Shiny. Yeah. Shiny. Very shiny. Kansas City, it's just Patrick Mahomes, right? And I think that's it because you would expect Tyree Kill's trade. And I think this is reflected. The Chiefs odds actually got worse after the Tyree Kill trade. Should have. The, the Chargers worse. made big acquisitions this offseason. Khalil Mack. 
certainly the headliner and people really like Justin Herbert Broncos acquiring Russell Wilson, the Browns acquiring Deshaun Watson. Although who knows how much he'll play this year. These are the moves that are attracting the money, I think. And speaking of those moves, the AFC will be a bear this year. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, you know, we've, we've kind of obliquely talked about it and maybe it is as simple as Joe Burrow. Maybe it is as simple as, these receivers and building the offensive line around him. And, and that's, what's going to keep the Bengals in it and and propel the Bengals forward. And that's certainly where it starts, but we could take a look around the AFC and where the Bengals fit into that picture coming up next. But first I got to tell you about bet online, because that's where all those odds are courtesy of, and that's your number one stop, your one-stop shop for all things, sports wagering, whether you want to bet on Joe Burrow, winning MVP, Certainly, uh, you know, my take on that. Or maybe you just want to get into this final four extravaganza. It's Duke. It's North Carolina. Oh, man. Will a shorthanded Villanova get past Kansas? It's exciting. It's really exciting. Or will Coach K hold up one more trophy uh, as he says goodbye and retires at the end of the year? Bet online is the best spot for all of your sports wagering needs. It's not just college hoops. It's not just NFL. They got NBA, UFC, and so much more. Speaking of UFC, did you catch Joe Burrow over the weekend? He's a big fight fan. I bet he uses Bet Online as well. You should too. Check him out right now. Bet Online. Sign up for free. It's a one stop shop, like I said. Bet Online, where the game starts. James, speaking of regular season MVP, looking ahead to next year, Joe Burrow actually has the fifth best odds at Bet Online so- for MVP right now, behind Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, ahead of AA Ron Rogers and Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. And Matthew Stafford and Dak Prescott, et cetera. So pretty close to Tom Brady, actually. Tom Brady plus 900, Joe Burrow plus 1,000 for MVP in 2022. And and so that's the thing. To me, it goes like hand in hand. If Joe Burrow's playing like an MVP and winning the MVP, well, then the Bengals are the favorite in the AFC. So it, 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 to me, it would coincide. And, and that's it. Like if he's MVP, we're talking about a one or a two seat for the Bengals next year. Like it just, he's not going to win MVP if they're the fifth seat. It's just right. not how it's going to be. So, um, yeah, I mean, fifth, I think that's that's fine. I get having a Josh Allen ahead of him uh, or a Brady. You know, in part of it is the name recognition, of course. But Burrow, top five, that makes sense. But when we look at the Broncos being ahead of the Bengals, well, really? <laughs> like that's, that, you know, and so that that to me is one of the teams. The Raiders being ahead are tied with the Bengals. That's insane to me. But that's where we are. Yeah, and, and the Raiders, you know, they, they did add pass rush. They did add wide receiver. They were a solid team last year, but they have a new head coach. I don't know. They have they have some ground to make up in, in my mind. And and, and they, they have Derek have the Carr. Co- like, yeah, how yeah. good is Derek Carr? Good. Uh, good. Not great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we haven't seen great yet. We've seen good. Uh, flashes <laughs> of great, but not consistently great. And, and so anyway, when we, when we look at the AFC, the AFC West is undeniably going to be crazy. I think the AFC mm-hmm. North has the makings of being pretty crazy too. the Pittsburgh yep. Steelers aside, the Steelers are still somehow going to win like nine games next year because Mike Tomlin somehow gets that team to eight or nine wins every year. Even when there's no quarterback, Mitch Trubisky might be better than Ben Roethlisberger. He probably he is. is. Yeah, and is. the defense is, well, we'll see how, how they hold up in terms of health. But Miles Jack comes in, and 
They, they get TJ Watt and all these defensive linemen healthy. Stephon Tewitt hardly played last year. You know, the, the defense probably gets them there. AFC East, how much do the Miami Dolphins moves get them into contention? Taron Armstead and uh, Tyree Kill with Tua Tungavailoa. Mike McDaniel with with those fast running backs, Raheem Mostert coming down there and the offense he's bringing to Miami. Will they get into the mix with Buffalo at all? I don't know. I have a hard time giving Miami too much credit, but there's a couple teams in every division. I think Matt Ryan makes the Colts an agent of chaos. I've said this on Twitter a few times. The the AFC South plays the AFC West this year. Mm -hmm. Matt Ryan could steal some games for the Colts against the AFC West and throw a wrench into things. They could even get into the playoffs and push the Titans. But but when you look at the Bengals and how they fit in, it comes down to the quarterback. And and Joe Burrow, to your point, James, should be better. Uh, ben Baldwin had a really interesting tweet today, by the way, about pass protection projections. Just purely using PFF pass blocking, charting, and grades and stuff and looking at last year's grades and projecting them forward to this year. The Bengals' offensive line would rank 12th it ranks 12th in this methodology in pass blocking in terms of pressures and sacks allowed that he's projecting based on a very simple analysis, but mm-hmm. points to a significant improvement from what 30th, 31st 30th. Yep. To, to 12th. I mean, that would be huge. That's what we were hoping for last year. If, if they do that and assuming health, you know, to the weapons and everything like that, like then bro probably be favorite for MVP halfway through the year, maybe even sooner than that. Like, because he's going to put up numbers, and 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 he's going to win games, and so well, what's how do you win MVP? You do those two things, and there were times last year where the numbers weren't there; they were still winning, but the numbers weren't necessarily there. Part of that he was coming back from the knee. Part of that was because of the offensive line, and I, I just I expect all of these guys to take a step, including Zach Taylor. By the way, he's gotten better each and every year. And there were definitely some blemishes during that Super Bowl run, even in the Super Bowl. And I don't need to get into all of that. But now he doesn't have this thorn in the side of his playbook, at least on paper, that it was just like, ah, probably can't call that play. Probably can't call that. What are we going to do? This is how we're going to scheme around it. And you can only do that so much. So, yeah, I uh, I think that part's exciting. I, But the AFC is insane. And that's that's where, like, at least on paper – you know, maybe the Bengals are 10 and seven again and they just get in. But on paper, there's going to be seven teams in the AFC that all probably have a shot to win it all. Like if they're healthy, like you could easily see seven teams that get in the dance and if they get hot and things break their way, they can win it. And very rarely are, is a, a does a conference put out seven teams where you're like, oh, all seven of those teams can win it. For example, the Raiders. I don't think a lot of people would have said they could win it all. I never really thought the Titans were going to make a Super Bowl run, despite uh, you know what maybe people in Tennessee would think. Probably a lot of people would say the same thing about the Bengals, and they did, and, and, you know, and came within ninety seconds of winning the damn thing. But yeah, like this conference, it's so talented that you could see all seven teams having a shot, but two to three teams out of the North. The AFC East, it's weird now because the Dolphins seem to be going for it a bit. Are they, you know, in the mix to make the playoffs? That would be a team where I'd be like, eh, they're they're not a a legitimate Super Bowl contender, you know, if they made the playoffs. But I don't think they would if if it started today. And and I do think the Bengals would, and I think it would be tight because the Ravens, they're going to be healthier and and are improved and they're courting 
um, what's his name from Seattle, the, the linebacker. So, um, Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner. I knew you would remember it. So, you know, maybe they get him and I don't know how much better that makes them, but, uh, they're certainly trying to improve as well. So it's going to be fun, but the, the fun part about all of this is all these quarterbacks changed or these weapons. Guess what? The Bengals were ahead of it. They were ahead of it because they went and they got Burrow and then they went and they got him weapons. And yeah, the offensive line did leave a lot to be desired. There's no denying that. But I'd rather take Jamar Chase fifth overall than give up 52 draft picks and pay Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, $25 million per year because Jamar Chase today is probably as good of a receiver as Hill. Might be better than Hill uh, in 2022. And, you know, I, I. it's tough. Certainly produce like it, but you know, it's only one year, so I don't want to crown them yet. But uh, you know, the Bengals, I think got it right in, in the way they thought and attacked the past couple of years. And that's why they're not desperate for a weapon necessarily, or desperate for a quarterback. Cause they have those boxes checked. And I think you're saying teams emulate them connecting yeah. college wide receivers with college quarterbacks, you know, Devonte Adams following that trend, getting back with his Fresno state quarterback. But you look at the teams the Bengals play this year, I don't think we can write off Lamar Jackson yet because as Ravens fans love to point out, he is younger than Joe Burrow and quarterback development isn't linear. So we might still see some development from Lamar. And I don't think you were writing him off. I'm not meaning to imply that, but for Bengals fans who might be thinking that, I I think that that might be a step too soon. But looking at the teams of Bengals play, they get the NFC South, which does feature the return of Tom Brady. And what should be a moderately capable Saints team, just because it's hard to imagine them being terrible, but you certainly like Joe Burrow versus Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill or whoever's playing quarterback at that point for the Saints. The Falcons are an absolute mess featuring Auden Tate, by the way. We'll talk about Auden Tate here in just a minute. Farewell, Auden Tate. Uh, But you look at the teams that have made big investments this offseason that the Bengals play. It's, It's, you know... Von Miller in Buffalo. That's going to be a tough game in Cincinnati. The mm-hmm. Carolina Panthers, who I don't think are a team to really worry about because Sam Darnold, for now, at quarterback, did add a ton of players in free agency. They go play Miami. Or sorry, Miami comes to Cincinnati, goes to Cincinnati to play the Bengals with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and, and Taron Armstead and the many investments of the Dolphins have made into their offense. Mike Gusecki on the franchise tag. But they don't play many of these teams that have made these crazy moves. The only AFC West team they play is Kansas City, who lost Tyreek Hill. So, you know, there's there's no AFC West gauntlet on the schedule. And their NFC schedule, I think, is pretty light. And so, obviously, anything can happen. They might have to play Mike White in New York. And you, you never know when Mike White is involved, man. I tell you what. but the That's way, not funny. The way that it works out <laughs> is... I, I, yeah, as you laugh, is it, it's hard to see this schedule as really being that brutal for the Bengals, despite it being a first place schedule and all that Ooh. trash talk that you saw from about, from other fans. But we'll get into that. You need to put on a take chain. Look at the, look, do it, do Jake Lisco says the Bengals schedule is easy, fourteen and three. Like I can already see it. I can see the headline. Yeah, somebody. I, I know somebody who would write that headline. Auden Tate has made his way. To the Atlanta Falcons, we will bid adieu to the fan favorite to finish the show coming up next. The only thing more consistent than Locked On Bengals five times a week is, well, rockauto.com. Your one-stop shop for all things car parts. 
they've been in business for more than two decades. And look, you want reliable transportation. There's nothing worse than holding your breath if you're trying to start your car or being stuck on the side of the road. And rockauto.com can keep you on the road for less. It's the same parts that you're going to get at the big box store, the same parts that you're going to get at the car dealership for less. Don't spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts you're going to get there at rockauto.com for cheaper. And the best part, you don't even got to put on shoes and get in your car to order any parts. No, no, no. You could keep those fuzzy slippers on from the comfort of your own home while you watch on YouTube or listen wherever you're getting your podcast and go to rockauto.com. Pick out the car parts you're looking for for your car or truck and be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. At six foot five and 228 pounds, the Bengals drafted Auden Tate in the seventh round. And he quickly became a fan favorite in Cincinnati. In 2019, in his age 22 season, as he was looked to be looked at as a potential late breakout, he was 21 as a rookie, just like Jamar Chase. He had 40 catches on 80 targets for 575 yards and a touchdown, 29 first downs, meaning 30 of his 40 catches went for either a first down or a touchdown. All really respectable stuff for Auden Tate. Going for 47.9 yards per game in the Bengals last season with Andy Dalton. And then Joe Burrow got to town and T. Higgins got to town and it seemed like Auden Tate's role diminished a little bit in 2020. Just 14 catches on 22 targets, 150 yards. Nine of those were first downs, still a pretty respectable first down productivity rate. But then in 2021, we saw a quick fall off in snaps for Auden Tate after his injury. He never got back on the field. And a lot of his role in terms of run blocking, in terms of being a possession receiver in those big moments have been replaced by other players, whether in the receiving game by a multitude of receivers or in the running game by Stanley Morgan, who's freshly re-signed with the Bengals on a two-year deal. Auden Tate has now become potentially the best receiver on his team, signing a one-year deal with the Atlanta Falcons. And while he was never necessarily destined to be a starting productive wide receiver in Cincinnati, outside of 2019 anyway, when he had a respectable season. I always said, James, that Auden Tate had a very specific skill set that could be utilized in certain situations. And I think they did a lot of this in 2019, down years it was. And the Bengals never really got there with Auden Tate for whatever reason. Maybe they just liked other guys better in that role. But good for him for getting an opportunity. And... I know Bengals fans will miss him. I will remember you. Will you remember me? Don't let you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to keep going. Jake was cringing there. Uh, we, we had rehearsal before the show. And uh, let's be honest, uh, it was not it was not pretty. Sarah McLaughlin <laughs> was not excited uh, about me singing that, especially Poor in honor Sarah. of a guy. Uh, Sarah, who'd I say, Sam? Uh, either way. Uh, no, no, no. I just said poor Sarah. Oh, poor Sarah. Poor Sarah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but look, you got to honor any guy who has 799 yards in four seasons. Um, so, no, I'm just kidding. Man, I, it's the take chain. I got to take the take chain off. Sometimes you get That's too excited. It, it, it's true, though. Well, 
You, and, don't, you don't have to be sarcastic about it. I, yeah. Okay. That's fair. I mean, work on that chain. chain. Go ahead. I, for, yeah. All right. Chain's gone. All right. We'll, we'll bring it back on another episode. It's not going to be an episode every, you know, every day thing, but no, Iden Tate was fine and he certainly exceeded expectations as a seventh rounder and uh, worked his way into a role that first year. And they had injuries with AJ Green out and, uh, you know, multiple receivers out in 2019, but he's limited. And I know fans love him. A lot of our listeners love him. And maybe he does get a chance in Atlanta. And that's all you can really ask for. Look, he, he spent, you know how many seventh round picks would love to have been on an NFL roster for four seasons? Auden Tate did that. And he's in position to make it a fifth. And and who knows? You know, maybe he goes goes out, has another 40 catch, 50 catch season, uh, maybe doubles that 799 yards and gets himself a, a decent contract. It's just, it's hard because even since he got into the league, it's the land of the freaks, the big, strong, fast, physical receivers. And there's a lot of them. And it seems like there's a lot of them every draft. And so it, it's tough when you're not the fast part. You're not super quick. And he's he's big and he's strong and he can make those contested catches. But there's other elements to his game that he doesn't have. And no, he's not going to be able to play tight end. You can't put on 30 pounds. I, I think that's pretty clear that that's not happening. And he, he views himself as a receiver and I don't blame him. So I, I wish him nothing but the best in Atlanta. You knew he was going to sign somewhere. And honestly, I can't think of a better destination from an opportunity standpoint than the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Calvin Ridley's ex, uh, is suspended. I don't really see anyone that's scary on that roster. Yeah, they're going to draft a receiver. Maybe they draft a quarterback. Who knows? But look, it's Marcus Mariota, and you're in a dome, Auden. So, so go show off and show out, and uh, hopefully you get paid, my man. There's some playmakers there. Kyle Pitts, obviously. Everybody knows that one. Cordero Patterson, back with Atlanta after his late career renaissance last year. Uh, Reaction think, to Auden Tate. You think your your chain enabled you to give some hot takes, James? I, I just Google or didn't Google. I Twitter searched Auden Tate's name. And your hot takes have nothing on this. All right. Here's the first one. At Sad Kaminga fan. Don't know Jonathan Kaminga. Don't know who uh -huh. that is. Auden yeah. Tate can be a top 24 wide receiver next year. There's one. Two. Like from today? Like th this is today. This is today. Two. Two minutes oh my ago. God. Actually, as we record this. This is fun. At Bet on the Game, a guy named Kyle says, as an FYI, Auden Tate is on every Dynasty waiver wire. I'm putting down 15 to 20% of my free agent auction budget. He's 25 years old and in line for 100 targets. These are, these are, these are the takes, man. You think your takes are hot? We got to step up. Seven hundred. No, but see, but my hot takes aren't ridiculous. No, but okay. Last one. Last one. Yeah. Uh, Scott Karasek, who I actually follow, and I think a, an old time draft follow is an Atlanta guy. Says that dude is a great fit for Arthur Smith and could be an eight hundred to one thousand yard guy in this offense. You buying it? Well, I just said, you know, 50 catches, maybe 799 yards, right? So, like, th there's a chance, right? But that's – and there's 17 games, and they're going to have to throw to somebody, and maybe they do – they they pass on a quarterback this draft, and they they use it as a bridge to go into next year's draft and get maybe a Bryce Love. Maybe they tank, essentially. So there is a path for that, right? But is it, like – is it an efficient, realistic path, or is it a, a numbers-juiced path because – 
you know, the old NBA adage where someone's going to get 20. And if you're on yeah. a bad team, someone's going to score 20, right? Yep. Um, so there's part of it there. And I know fans hate that. And I'm not trashing Tate. I also think he is what he is. So like on a good team, he's what he's been on the Bengals. Like maybe a little bit more where he's getting a little more run, you know? And I mean, when he's healthy on the Bengals, obviously he got dinged up last year. So, you know, that's uh, that's it. Because I, I think good teams in this day and age, you're going to be two to three deep at receiver. Yeah. Or you're rotating that third wide receiver spot. And no one's, you know, and, and Tate to me is not a, clear-cut wide receiver three week in week out play in play out on a, a championship level team yeah i mean if he gets 100 targets you could see 800 yards you could see a handful of touchdowns atlanta not probably not i don't be see a thousand good. it would because it would be it would mean that everybody who loves Auden tate was right and the bengals misused him for all those years and if you know what man go go ahead last thought it, it, kyle pitts would go I think Kyle Pitts having 2,000 yards next year is more likely than on Tate having 1,000. <laughs> that ahead. would be wild. Tight end going over 2,000 in his second year at his age. That would be fun, saying. man. Kyle Pitts is really good. Let's wrap up there. Wishing Auden Tate all the best. He has an opportunity. And uh, I, I know Bengals fans love him, thought it would be appropriate to wax poetic. I, I saw a future for him at some point. The Bengals never, re- never really put him in the role that I imagined for him. And he hopefully will have those opportunities to continue his professional career down in the AFC South, where the Bengals will be visiting sometime in 2022. Sorry, hosting. I've gotten that backwards twice. Hosting the Atlanta Falcons in 2022, and Auden Tate will be able to return to Cincinnati if he's healthy. He has always battled some health issues. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Tomorrow, we're joined by PFF's Brad uh, does all their contract Spielberger analysis. Spielberger. Sorry. Does all their contract analysis had spot on uh salary forecast for a lot of guys. We're going to reflect on the Bengals signings and get his opinion on the value. The Bengals did or did not get in their free agency period until next time. Bengals fans who day and have a good one.